Hello and welcome to episode 21 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK. He started already. He's on the beers already. Start that one again. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast that takes it easy on a Sunday night and watches their divisional foes completely bugger things up. My name's Paul Hirons and this week we're back in the sewing room and as ever I'm joined by the Cleveland Browns to my kicking situation, the Antonio Brown to my trade request, the Le'Veon Bell to my contract dispute, the Pittsburgh Steelers to my meltdown and the two to my Nathan Palmer, everybody. Thank you, Paul. Now, I see, you know, if anyone, if anyone hasn't <laughs> checked their phones to make sure that it hasn't frozen after that 2-0 and performance. Yes. We certainly haven't wasted any time in, uh, you know, we get a one-and-a-half game lead on the Steelers. And we nuts, right? And we're actually gagging on it. We're Absolutely. frothing at the mouth. We are. We, we can't cope. We're rabid. With uh, <laughs> with enthusiasm and joy, aren't we? Wow, I, I suppose I, I I always get worried though when you start dissing the Steelers. You know I know because I mean? it always comes back to bite you. But you know, I think this episode we're gonna we are gonna diss the Steelers a little. bit. We're gonna bit. have six pints and we're gonna diss the Steelers, and that'd be it. And we're gonna go into town, find some Steelers fans, <laughs> and just shout in their faces. No, we're not. Um, well, I don't think there's that many Steelers fans around in Kentish Town, to be fair, but you never know, do on you? On a Monday night. On a Monday night, Looking yeah. Looking for a bit of trouble. Looking for a bit of trouble. I mean, I might have to get the suplex out, really. <laughs> the old fisherman's suplex on Kentish Town High Street. <laughs> fisherman's suplex? What's fisherman's that? Suplex. You got See, I up. hate wrestling. I it's don't know all these... you just tuck one of the legs in. Right, in and where? And you throw them over. So you just, like, pull it inwards, the one of the legs. Right. And then you flip them over. See, these are techniques. See, you're well versed in this. You're, Fish- the, you're the suplex. The fisherman team, suplex is an art form. Now, if people are wondering why we're talking about suplexes, <laughs> Nathan put out a rumour on Twitter, what, about two years ago? More, more than that. More than that. Yeah, that I, I suplexed a policeman at what, <laughs> two in the morning? <laughs> Outside the kebab shop on Kentish Town High Road. It's completely true. It is. I mean, it's certainly like 50% true. It's slightly exaggerated, but most of it's true. (laughs) You see, I don't know whether to completely refute this or just go with it, because like loads of uh, Bengals chums in the UK are like... I had to bail you out that night. Well, bloody hell. (laughs) See, this is what Nathan is really good at. Creating a rumour and then just taking it really seriously and then just giving little twists on it. <laughs> no, it wasn't as bad as I'm making out, but he was arrested and there was a policeman involved. <laughs> right, I think we should get onto the game. I mean, it seems like an absolute age away when we beat the Baltimore Ravens. Massive win. In prime time on that Thursday night. Absolutely. Uh, what are you saying? Fantastic win. I mean, I woke up... I woke up um, I actually missed the first two hours. Let's wake up and quickly refresh it and start it from the beginning. And you know those middle of the night games. Hold on, hold on. You, hold on. you missed. The, you mean basically you missed the game? No, well, no. I just I started from the beginning. I wasn't watching it live. Oh, okay, right. But right, I watched right. the whole thing. But just an incredible. Like I couldn't believe it. You know, when you're a bit weary in the middle of the night, and you're like, bloody hell, like, you're having some sort of fever up. dream here. <laughs> you know, when you're just a bit like tired, and it's about four in the morning, and you're just hazy eyed. Yeah, like, yeah. We're absolutely trashing them. 
Well, that first half, I mean, it was it was probably the best half of football that we played since, say, the Pittsburgh game last year. Well, I mean, apart from that last minute and a half, two minutes of the second half, uh, yeah. sorry, of the first, the uh, second quarter, absolute clinic. Yeah, absolute clinic indeed. Absolute pharmacy it was, <laughs> wasn't it? Um, but yeah, what a performance. I mean, they came out really fast. Uh, AJ got a hat-trick within oh, like... The first quarter or so was in defense looked sharp, didn't they? Jesse Bates, Jesse Bates got his. I mean, there's so many positives, oh, weren't yeah. there? I mean, let's just go through them. the pass rush. Uh, Michael Johnson got injured, um, so Sam Hubbard stepped up and played a lot more, and he recorded his first sack. He, a he lot of people really, really high on him on Twitter. Absolutely, after the game as well. yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean Williams came back from his ridiculous. Yeah, uh, I want to say British. I want to keep it British and say sending off against uh, the Colts. And he came back and had an absolute mindstorm of game. One sack, one interception, and one really crucial for- forced fumble right there. That end was of the game. good hustle, that fumble. Oh he was God. miles out of it, the geezer. He had to go all the way around the back of the line. Yeah. And most players, I think, might have just given that up or yeah. really slowed down a bit. He absolutely timed it perfectly. Just as the ball came back, mm. bang out. Flacco didn't see it coming as well. He didn't. It was hilarious. It was brilliant. Yeah. But, I mean, that is the best I've seen Sean Williams play oh, ever absolutely. in a Bengals yeah, uniform. Because yeah, yeah, normally he's pretty anonymous. Yeah. He does things fairly well, but you don't notice him. He no, he's not a playmaker, is no, he? No, but that game, I think maybe he was like super fired up because mm. of, yeah, yeah. you know, what... What he did well, the week also, before. Well, also, I think him and Jesse Bates have basically, they've been told, look, we trust you. Yeah. Go out and prove us right. Because there's a bold thing to do to go and get rid of George Iloka. Yeah. And so far, so good. Do you know what I mean? I, you've, we've entrusted the youth. We've entrusted the fact that these guys under Terrell Austin might step up and it's looking good. Well, Terrell Austin preached that he was going to make this... Bengals defence a much more turnover heavy defence and it's kind of works in the first two games well it? I mean I'm not being funny through two games we're certainly looking better than Paul Gunther's defence is looking over in Oakland yes I mean I mean well isn't it great that we said it last week but it, it, isn't it great to have the NFL back last oh, night it was storylines in absolutely we could do this podcast for about three hours yeah well, shall we <laughs> sorry guys but we are going to do this for three hours but no I mean Look at Cleveland, you look at Pittsburgh, you look yeah. at, you know, all these kind of, look at Denver score, you know, you look at uh, um, the time Green, Green Bay, Green against, Bay. that yeah, was an incredible. insane game, you know. Um, so yeah, loads of storylines. But let's get back to the Thursday night game, which seems like an absolute eternity away. It does, doesn't it? Uh, Jesse Bates got his first inter- interception, should have had another one, really. Yeah, true, um, true. The offensive line, now then. What what I mean this is the, was the big worry right and we saw them struggle against the Colts specifically Bobby Hart against Margus Hunt although yeah. Margus Hunt had a good game of all accounts by, by all accounts against Buffalo uh, no sorry against Washington mm. uh, beg your pardon um, Geezer's on course for the Pro Bowl isn't he Oh I wouldn't quite get that <laughs> well I don't know I mean. But certainly the left-hand side of the line against the Colts looked pretty good. Yeah, did, yeah, yeah. And Billy Price settled into things quite nicely, yeah. I thought. But then there were problems on the right-hand side. So we all kind of thought against the Ravens, that's going to be deep trouble, right? Yeah. And it kind of wasn't. Still think Bobby Hart is at his depth. I think he had a game that was, you know, 
He fine. was pumped up for, right? He yeah, was... I think he had a decent, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's not a world beat, but that's kind of all we were asking for, right? A line that I... was yes. serviceable. Yes. Do you know I, what I mean? I think certainly they've done a good job. I mean, Clint Bowling's always been a very, very solid left guard, so we, we're absolutely fine there. I certainly have been impressed with what I've seen from Billy Price. I know he walked out, he came off of an ankle injury, didn't he? Yeah. Which might be slightly problematic, but I mean, Trey Hopkins is a perfectly I mean, here I, you know, I do doff my cap to old hoppers <laughs> because he stepped in and he did a pretty good job. Yeah, he did. I mean, he's athletic. He's, you know, he's a solid, he's certainly a decent guy to come into the game. It's not but like that, that's a hard position just to walk into yeah, is, when you've it, not really absolutely. played that position Yeah, before. true, true. You know, I think Redmond has been an interesting find. I think he will come on as well. I think he needs some proper starts under his belt to yeah. really get used to it because yeah. he hasn't started many games. Yeah. And then the only issue for me really is that, I mean, obviously Cordy Glenn's, you know, Rock very, solid. very good starter. Yeah, yeah. And then it's just that right side. I just worry about that. And I think throughout the season, that's going to be a bit of a sticking point for us, to be honest. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think the Bengals have to play their A game every week to mm. kind of win games certainly the offensive line does yeah. and whether they can keep up that consistency will well we'll soon see because obviously we've got some really difficult games coming up not that the ravens or the colts weren't difficult but well, you look at you know i was only slagging off the colts after their game saying i really don't think they'll be a great team They've gone and turned over the Redskins in Washington. They look pretty good as yeah, well. Yeah, and that's what know. I mean. So that, that all of a sudden, you know, you start to think, well, I suppose if Luck's healthy and he starts getting yeah. back on it, and they've, maybe they aren't a you know, four or five win team. You know, I mean, I don't know. It's early days. but Yeah, absolutely. Um, another thing we should talk about is the running game and Joe Mixon. And um, he looked terrific again against Yeah, he looks, he looks solid, I thought. <laughs> you just can't say it, can you? You, just, he, you just can't say it. I thought he had a good game. He I, had a good game. 80 yards, four and a half yards of carry. It's a good game. Some receiving yards as well. Another, yeah. game, another game, 100 yards plus from yeah. the line of scrimmage. It's all right. It's all right. You're not going to go there, was, are you? I thought it was a good game. So I wouldn't you, elaborate on good. Have you got one foot on the train now? Are I'm not eyeing, on the train. Are you heading to? Are you on the train? No, I mean, the geezer's injured now, isn't he? Yeah, that's true. Like, it's durability. <laughs> no, if it's I, not one I am thing, on it's the another one. I'm on the platform looking at my watch. Okay. And you're thinking this train is going to leave in a minute. Well, and I'm, I'm saying the train's been delayed. Really? he's out for a couple of weeks, isn't he? Wow. Is it like Southern Trains or something? <laughs> yeah, well, it is, tra- it's a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's a train joke for all you. London train <laughs> joke for all you uh, people out there in the provinces. Um but, I mean, he looked all right. He, he looked really good. good. He doesn't I mean, good. I think it's going to be very interesting now. I mean, I think realistically, he had the, uh, the knee scope Saturday. Yeah. They reckon... Two to four weeks, don't they? I, I think he'll get back. The knee again. scope? Yeah. That sounds like some sort of sci-fi procedure. It was. Or it was a knee arthroscopy, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was like keyhole surgery. Yeah. Wasn't it? So Just to remove like some fibre of parts. I, mean, I think something was floating around, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, or some, yeah. some Whatever. I reckon he'd be out realistically. I reckon obviously he'll miss the Carolina game. He'll miss the Atlanta game. Do you so. think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon he'll be questionable for the Atlanta game, probably be out, and then I reckon he'll be back the week after. So what's that, the Miami game, I think mm, it is? Yeah, you are so. 2-0, and by the way. It's crazy. I mean, quickly, not going off topic, it's madness. If you'd said at the start of the season, Miami, 
Tampa Bay, Cincinnati, all two and zero. You just said, "What are you drinking?" Fitz Magic. They're oh, calling man. him. Isn't that, that a great that picture? Story? Is the best thing I've ever seen. If you haven't seen football. it yet, go on to Twitter and just. Or he looks wherever. so good. That guy. I want to pull that off. He well, looks incredible, well, geezer. So. If you haven't seen this picture that everyone's raving about, just Google Ryan Fitzpatrick and you'll see his post-game interview, press conference <laughs> outfit, which was extraordinary. He looked like a, a, a cross between Conor McGregor and a pimp from the 1970s, didn't he? <laughs> the, the funniest part of the sunglasses. Yeah. Just absolutely out and Just but the he, open shirt. He, he nicked Deshaun Jackson's yeah, no, clothes, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, so yeah. basically he's wearing this really that tight... gold chain as well. Tight-fitting sort of jacket <laughs> with his with his, the jackets open. So it's a bit Simon Cowley, sort of revealing lots of chest hair. And these huge kind of blinged-up medallion-y type things. Yeah. Some aviators on his, you know, aviators' shades... And that enormous beard that you could probably live in for six months <laughs> without any problem. Um, he looked fantastic. And what a great story. I mean, I just get Bengal. Ex-Bengal. We always root for ex-Bengals um, most of the time. He's um, probably the perfect, and I've been saying this for years, probably the perfect backup quarterback. Not just on ability, but on the fact that he's a very high character guy. He went to Harvard. Yeah. And in terms of knowing playbooks and being able to like, teach younger players and the receiving core and stuff, he's and, and he, could, he can step in and start. He's proved that. He's not... A consistent starter by any means. Well, that's the problem with him. He's really hot and cold, yeah. isn't he? I mean, when he has started, he's sometimes he's like a million dollars and then he yeah. just sort of runs out of steam. And obviously, we're kind of hoping that it runns out of steam and when he Before comes that, back yeah, to Paul Brown Stadium because, I mean, they've just beaten the Super Bowl champions. And if they went and trashed up New Orleans in New Orleans. They've beaten two... <clears throat> Playoff caliber teams, well, two quite teams handily. That you would have tipped for the Super Bowl, hundred percent. And and Tampa Bay have always got a lot of talent. I think they, yeah, yeah, certainly yeah. this year they've got talent at wide mm. receiver. They've got not so much running back, but but yeah, he, he seems to. I think with um, James Winston, he seems a bit kind of. He's all not, over the gaff. There's either. not that kind of emotional connection with the team and his teammates whereas you look at yeah, Ryan yeah, yeah. Fitzpatrick and he's 35 years old is he 35 he's yeah. just rolled into Florida and he's having the time of his bloody life yeah he's got nothing to lose is he no either. he looks yeah, so he's I having mean, the best time yeah. he's living his best life so the phrase goes you know so they've got a decision on their hands really is it, oh, they've I mean, got a real decision on their hands because he's he's back what, week four wins or week five wasn't it yeah and that's about the time that um Traditionally, Fitzpatrick starts to kind of what you, the, blow the, cold. The game that I want to see, and I really am going to make a point to watch this, I think, is Tampa Bay against Pittsburgh next game. Is in, that next week? Yeah. Oh, come on, Fitz. In, come on, then. In Tampa as well. Really? That'll be a right old, like... Ding dong. Slobber knocker. If they... If they, if they turn if, over Pittsburgh, that'd, that'd be, be hilarious. Jokes, wouldn't, it? wouldn't that be hilarious? And the way they're playing... Who's to say they're not? Because, like, I mean, Kansas City ripped them. I mean, Kansas City have got a, a pretty, you know, really good, exciting mm. offense. Um, but, uh, so they're sort of exposing the Steelers' defense a little I'd bit. I'd be very careful. I know we had a little bit of a giggle at the start of this podcast about the Steelers and, you know, them being in turmoil, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. They've still got a really talented football team. Oh, 100%. You looked at the way they came back against yeah, Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, Roethlisberger's still quality. Antonio Brown's still, in my opinion, the best receiver in the NFL. Yeah. That line is incredible. John Connor's certainly a decent backup that's yeah. playing well with that line. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, slightly more questions. And I think they really miss Shazia. 
yeah. that's a big miss for them, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, um, but, you know, I, I'd still be very, very supply, uh, surprised if the Steelers implode. But that's why that Tampa Bay game is massive, because I think if the Steelers go 0-2-1, I think they will probably be one loss away then from really imploding. Do you know what I mean? We, we have to hope Tampa Bay can turn them over. I agree. Fitz I mean, magic. If, if if Fitz Magic sprinkles his beardy magic <laughs> all over all over the Steelers, um, then Steelers are going to be o two and one. Yeah, and we can't be the Steelers. Are the Steelers, they they'll probably end up going bloody um, fourteen one and well, one. Well, they're going to come out angry, right? Yeah, they have, they you know, they're going to come out angry because they know if they lose another game, they're in trouble. I mean, people are saying like people get too excited. I think about it because people said, "Oh, Mike Tomlin's lost the team," and you can't say that after two games. No, it is two games, but come on, man, let's <laughs> revel in a little bit. We never, we hardly no, ever get right. to do true. it. Let yeah, us just no, right. wallow and luxuriate in how the Steelers are doing. Let's let's do that. Let's give yeah. ourselves a break and just laugh loudly at the Steelers <laughs> just for one week. Just during this podcast, <laughs> you know. Yeah, fair but enough. no, you, what you say is absolutely right. But you know, Steelers, <laughs> lucky. <laughs> uh, one thing I also wanted to mention, and this was one of the variables coming into the uh, the season, whether Bill Lazor would do a good job after a year, a full a full preseason. To draw up his own playbook, he was sort of going from week to week last year. He, they, they showed improvement in flashes, but they were also awful at the same time. But I have to say, pretty good so far, and I really like the way he's moving AJ around in the yeah, slot. Yeah, yeah. You know, out wide, just trying to get the geezer. Sorry, I can't say geezer anymore because you that that means that you're having an influence on me, and I don't <laughs> like that. Um, the uh, the young man Green um, is kind young of chap green. the young chap Green, uh, Mr. Green, I believe, <laughs> Mr. Adriel Jeremiah Green. Yeah, hello, Adriel, Adriel, you here? Adriel's an unbelievable name. I know that's that sounds like a biblical name, doesn't it? Really it does, yeah. Adriel. Jeremiah. And Adriel looked down from the mount, and he Adriel. saith unto his flock, that's whatever. Um, so yeah, but he's been moved around the formation. Mm. I like that. So and. Consequently, Boyd isn't just in the slot. Yep, he's out wide. Boyd's, Boyd's been seriously been... impressive, and Jeff Hobson was doggy. He said that Hobbers. didn't he? It's old Hobbers. He said that Boyd yes. was one of the guys that he thought could really come on, and that's certainly been true. Yes, uh, I think he's overtaken John Ross at the moment for that. I think so. We've got some questions about John yeah, Ross yeah. a bit later, so we'll, we'll come to 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 John to John Ross, uh, Jonathan Ross a bit Jonathan later. Ross, yeah, <laughs> Wassy. Um, <laughs> that's funny we haven't caught uh, I know why have we not Wossie, done that yeah. um, again American listeners think what the hell are they talking about um, but yeah I, I think Tyler Boyd has been quietly really effective mm. and he's going out but well, not even quietly really well. I mean he smashed up 90 yards and a touchdown didn't he and he had a Ravens. decent start against the Colts yeah, as yeah. well but AJ is your man isn't he really yeah. and the, I mean he was getting frustrated with the fact that he A couldn't get open mm. and wasn't being put in a position to get open last year and this year there just seems to be a much 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 better kind of understanding of how to get get the guy open you know I think going back to your point as well about Bill Lazor for me I've been impressed there have been periods where it's looked a bit flat certainly in the second half in the Baltimore game it was very slow for a period of time yeah 
Oh, we were struggling to but get But that's going. traditionally Bengals, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting. I think after two games, the offences look pretty strong. Mixon certainly looked good. The O-line has been improved. I still want to see more. But I, yeah, definitely, if you ask me to rate Bill Lazor out of 10, I'd give him a six and a half. I'd give Above him seven. Average. Above seven. average, certainly. Seven. I'd be um, flirting with a seven. Would you? How, how would you take a seven onto the next level? How, what would you do? If, if they come out against the Panthers and put up 25-plus points and look good doing it, and they manage to sort of work out a way where they can utilise Bernard and Trey Carson or Walton, whoever steps up, and, you know, again, it looks quite good. I'd be quite pleased. Tyler Eifert's been quiet, and I'd like to see him get involved a bit more. Yeah. Um, but then, so, you know... So is Ross. CJ Uzuma is, is kind of... Uzuma. Uzuma. Uh, however you pronounce it, I think everyone... Every Uzuma, I think. Every it? Bengals fan have got, has got a different way. He, he's of, so underrated, that I agree. Are. I think he's he really physically is. really good. He'll turn up for like a big 30-yard game yep, like every yep, couple of games. Really decent. And Croft has, yeah. again, come out. So, you know, they've got insurance at that tight end position. Mm. So I think things are looking good. And He's I, got all his weapons, Laser, as well. He literally, no Bengals coordinator, has probably had more at their disposal in the last five, six years. Oh, 2015, though. Yeah, maybe on. 2015. But apart from then, when we have Whitworth and people like Sunil yeah, Jones, yeah. I mean, at the moment, touch loads of wood, we're in a seriously good position because we've got yeah. Tyler Eifert healthy. We've got a pretty much healthy offensive line. Mixon might miss a game or two. Okay, fine. But we're still, you know, all our receivers are healthy. Dalton's in good shape. Like, yeah, yeah. Not wanting to tempt fate, but... Well... Uh, actually, one thing. Go on. Yeah, we would have missed this. I go think on. everyone would have missed this. Matt Barkley's been cut. I know, right? I mean, everyone, that just went so under the uh, the radar. It's untrue. Yeah. And I called that. I said he'd go. Well, yeah. I don't mean... without. I don't want to give you too much credit, but <laughs> he was injured as well, so... Yeah, true, yeah. But Barclay's gone, so it's the it's big Andy one. Dalton and Jeff, is, Jeff, Jeff Driscoll gamble, show. It is, it is, a, big it is a big gamble. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, would you feel if Dalton goes down in the first quarter against the Panthers, which won't happen? No, of course not. But I mean, imagine Driscoll coming into the game. No one, like no one across the league would have heard of him. Got to go for it. Got I mean, you you made your bed. Yeah, true. Yeah, you got to lie in that ginger bed, and you know. Uh, anyway, what am I talking about? The other thing we'll. Real quick before we bring in uh, this week's special guest, because yes, we do have one. Regular listeners will know that we like to have a special guest, and we have another one this week. Um, I want to give a shout out to Hardy Nickerson yeah, against good the shout. Ravens. He was really, good. and I know that you know the underneath pass, the tight end, still a problem. Mm. But again, the more I think about it, the more is like we've got a strong back end, we've got a strong front end. Uh, and that's normally enough to keep people out of the end zone. So I'm not too fussed if they keep getting five, six, seven yards on yeah, yeah. little crossing routes. Um, routes. But I I think, you know, we, we were really worried about the uh, absence of Vontaze Perfect in, coming into the season. I think a shout-out needs to be uh, placed on record for Nick Vigil, yeah. uh, Jordan Evans and... Certainly against the Ravens, I just kept seeing Hardy Nickerson pop up everywhere. Yeah. I think that defence across the ball was incredible. Dunlap was fantastic. Yep. Gino, Gino Atkins was fantastic. William Jackson was excellent. Yeah. The only player that I was really disappointed by was Kirkpatrick. 
Yeah, I thought and he had a bad game. He missed a couple of tackles. He gave up that uh, long reception to John Brown. But I think he was he's... called for a couple of penalties for pass interference, which were questionable, but still yeah. called. Uh, for me, he was the real weak link in that defence. Come on, Dre, step it up, son. You can do it. Yeah. Um, oh, Denard was brilliant. Oh, Denard is... That we... tackle on that fourth down. Yeah, brilliant. Where he smashed the geezer back. That was brilliant. We, we've got to sign him. We have yeah, to re-sign him. Anyway... Um, I think we put the Baltimore game to bed. Lots and lots of positives. We're going to talk about, obviously, the Carolina game after our special guest. So let's bring him in. On the line from Ohio is Captain Obvious, the man you've probably seen countless times in countless photographs from Bengals game. He's got a big, bushy brown beard. He wears a kind of a all an orange outfit. He wears a little kind of... What do you call it, Jeremy? It's What kind of hat do you wear? It's... Supposed to be a captain's hat, so right. Okay. You know, like well, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, hotels yeah. Uh, guy. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I've just ruined the intro basically now. But yeah, he is captain. Obvious. He's a member of the legendary bomb squad, tailgate crew. Uh, it's Jeremy Conley. Jeremy, are you there? I am here. Who day? Who day to you, my friend? How's it going, man? Oh, it is great. Good to be at the uh, top of the division. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, the reason why I wanted to get you on uh, is because. You know, you you are, you know, I think the equivalent of what we call a, a super fan, really. You're there every single game. You're part of the bomb squad, this this kind of iconic tailgating crew. Uh, you know, the Bengals have got a few, like, really good uh, tailgate crews over there at Paul Brown Stadium. Um, you know, people like uh, Jim Foster's uh, amazing tailgate as well. But... The bomb squad, and when I went there last year, I was kind of it was my first ever proper tailgate, and I have to say I was absolutely staggered by it all, by the size of it, the organisation, the whole nine yards, you know. So I'm interested from a fan's perspective. Tell us about your Sunday. Let's say it's a Sunday. What what's your kind of regular Sunday routine when you go down to Paul Brown Stadium? Well, it's funny. Growing up, I was always dreamt of getting tickets and uh jess and i my wife uh, we got tickets and it used to be you know get there just barely before kickoff and enjoy the game but we had parked in that parking lot and saw these guys having a blast and it was the largest tailgate that i've really ever seen uh big john john robinson he, he pretty much runs it and you can hear his voice over the uh, loudspeakers from practically a mile away so we decided to to join them uh very welcoming you know, obviously, uh, they they have a charity uh, fundraising every every game. Uh, you can pay a little bit of money and be entered into a, a raffle for uh, Bengals autom- autographed merchandise. And we started getting involved in there, helping out a little bit more, helping out with setup in the morning. And then finally, we realized we we're leaving at uh, 7 a.m. To get down to the stadium at 9 a.m. to help us set up. Wow. And uh, breaking down uh, about an hour before and then coming back and uh, winding up, you know, talking football for half an hour after the game yeah, uh, yeah. with them. So, I mean, I mean, it is extraordinary because they're, it's, I mean, there are kind of like gazebos um, with beer on tap there, which I just couldn't get my head around. There are all kinds of different food there there's kind of games there's kind of i mean this takes some putting on i mean I'm, I'm sure you guys have all got it down to a fine art now but you know who sorts out the beer who who does all the food who who kind of um 
takes care of the gear during the game you know i mean all those kind of weird practical questions that went through my mind when i was walking through it you know absolutely well we've got pretty good uh social media presence so uh, for each game we'll have a theme for food uh anybody wants to bring something you know uh, baltimore ravens you know there's probably some type of bird dish but everybody's more than welcome <laughs> to bring uh, what they can. Right. Uh, we always have beer on tap, and we always have uh, Paul Brown cider, and then of course our right. world famous uh, Bengal bombs, which is uh, Jaeger okay. You and need orange you soda. need to talk about you need to tell us about the Bengals bombs because um, I went into the game about an hour before, and I was honestly I was uh, I was a bit I was a bit pissed <laughs> to be honest with you. So um, tell us about the Bengals bombs. Well, they uh, they started out with the, the the tailgate about ten years ago, and uh, it's become a tradition. Uh, John will go ahead and get everybody pouring and, and, and preparing and call out you know Bengal bombs. So then everybody gets a bomb. Uh, he'll have something to say. You know, this past tailgate it was uh, an announcement. We had a uh, dear friend uh, tailgater Katie, who had passed away years ago, and they have a beer pong tournament. Uh, each year in members of her, all the money raised goes toward uh, Warrior Wishes, which is uh, you know something that they all support. So he had some nice things to say, uh, had the, uh, the guy that runs Warrior Wishes up, and then we all saluted Katie, you know, be like Katie. Uh, normally we'll, we'll chant and uh, you know, have a big hootay once everybody takes a shot. Uh, some people love them. I love them. I like Jaeger. Uh, it's a personal preference. My wife can't stand it, so I end up taking two every time that he says that, and he usually gives us out three rounds. So uh, that's about all I can drink uh, at a tailgate and not pass out during the game. <laughs> now, Jeremy, um, you mentioned like the feeling seems to be good at the bomb squad. You guys are having a lot of fun. What's the feeling at the moment in Ohio? Is it positive towards the Bengals? Are people starting to get a bit excited after that 2-0 and start? You know, it's it's all over the place. The, the needle keeps moving. Um, with our tailgate, what I love, love about them is it's always positive because mm. it's the, the family first. You know, the, the team brings us there, and we support the team no matter what. Uh, during the game, you, you could kind of see all the emotions because when we were up, everybody's celebrating, everybody's having a good time. The second half comes around and things stall a little bit, which I expected because the Ravens have great defense. I expected them to make some adjustments. The minute we started to stall, you heard, oh, no, here we go again. Yeah. So, you know, some people knew we were going to be okay. Other people had doubt. And uh, I think that's just the life of a Bengals fan. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, obviously, you guys got good seats there. And I mean, was there any players from your vantage point that looked good in real life? Was there anyone that really stood out to you? I mean, it, across the board, it was a good performance, especially on defense. But what did you guys think? Was there anyone in particular that stood out? You know, I just I am continually impressed by Mixon. Um, you know, I've I've heard some rumors that uh, maybe he won't hit the hole that Coach wants him to hit. Uh, you know, there might be little tweaks here and there, but overall, you know, his vision, his quickness, his elusiveness, I think he's going to continue to get better, you know, wish him the speed recovery. But, uh, you know, seeing him and, and what he can do on the field, especially if touchdowns right in front of you, and uh, we've got tickets on both sides of the uh, the stadium in the end zone, 
couple rows from the field, and it's just absolutely amazing uh, to see him. And in fact, uh, we had a friend that was able to get an invite uh, into the stadium afterward. Uh, his sister approached her, and uh, she got an autographed mix in Jersey and got some pictures with him. So that was a really nice, uh, nice thing for them to do. Um, Jeremy, um, obviously, what what we're going to do, and you've, you're very kindly, you've taken some videos because I'm really keen to show fans in the UK who haven't been to Paul Brown Stadium what the the game experience is like. And you know, tailgating is just something we don't do over here. You know, we if we go to a um, a soccer game, we walk along streets, we buy hot dogs from hot dog vans, we buy pies during the halftime within the stadium, but we don't do these tailgates. And it is an extraordinary thing. Um, so you you'll very, you very kindly take some videos. On, I'll put them up on our, our various social channels in the next couple of days because I think it's really great. And there's a really great shot of you, Jess, and Sean Moore um, walking into PBS, you know, through the concourses, and then you see the field, that magical moment where you see the field itself. Uh, you get that in any stadium, I guess. Um, but this is really interesting. And that Paul Brown Stadium sometimes gets a bad rap um, for the actual game experience. Now, I really enjoyed it when I, I when I, you know, I've been. But what, what, what do you say to those sort of people who? Who don't think Paul Brown Stadium is up there with the with the best in the NFL? You know, I I think you really get out what you put into it. Um, they did the uh, the jumbotrons were upgraded, you know, how many years back? So we we've, we've got better uh, big screens to watch. Uh, it is not Dallas, you know. We don't have record breaking screens to look at, but right. the atmosphere, the feeling. You know, I still, we've been a season ticket holder since 2011. I still get goosebumps walking down all those steps and then seeing my favorite players right in front of me yeah. yelling at each other, having fun, hitting somebody, making a great play. Yeah. Um, the food keeps expanding. Uh, you know, the, the, the pro shop is great. You can find things that you can't find anywhere else. Uh, there are plenty of options for food, for drinks. Um, they've got some uh, auction things outside the concourse that you can bid on there there's really quite a bit that you can do and it's a it's a really nice stadium you know the the seating's comfortable uh, all the amenities are are close by i don't really have to wait in line for for much and uh, tvs abound everywhere so i'm never going to miss a moment of the game so it, it really really is a good time for anybody that wants to come out Jeremy, you're talking there about the food and drink on option. Now, we love a good beer on the podcast and, you know, discussing some of the good craft brews in London. What sort of stuff do they have on tap in Paul Brown? Is it is it your standard Bud and Coors Lights or have they got any craft brews on at Paul Brown? Now, I am not a big beer drinker, but yes, I do know they've got your standards, but they also have a lot of the uh, the local stuff. I think uh, Mad Tree is uh, some of the stuff they have on tap. Um, I can't drink during the game or else I will pass out. <laughs> and go to the toilet so, quite a lot, I would imagine. So, yeah, I am stone sober. I, I learned the hard way against the uh, Buccaneers one year. that the, the heat was beating down on me. I'm yelling defense. All of a sudden, I saw a bright light, and yeah. Wow, wow. Okay, so lesson learned then for that. Exactly. Um, 
So what would you recommend uh, anyone that's coming over? Because we, we're already getting photographs on our social channels from people who've made it over to the games. A couple of people are, we know are planning to come over this year. Um, any recommendations of where to uh, hang out, um, where to kind of go before and after the game and how to approach enjoying, get, like, as you say, getting the most out of, out of the game? Or at least the game experience, rather. Really, anything around Cincinnati. There, there are plenty of little bars uh, up and down the streets. Everything's within walking distance. If somebody was there, you know, the night before, or for an afternoon game, they wanted to hang out after. But uh, three, four hours prior to kickoff, there is no better party in the NFL than Lot One and the Bengal Bomb Squad. <laughs> uh, we will definitely take care of you. Uh, more food than we can usually eat, more more alcohol than we can usually drink, <laughs> and uh, we're always helping out either cancer-free kids, uh, warrior wishes. There's always somebody that we're helping out, and we get some celebrities stop by uh, every now and then. We had uh, Kyle Inskeep, who is a new uh, anchor on Channel 12, okay. uh, stop by a little bit. He was doing some uh, work uh, up top and stopped by and said hi, and We've had some uh, ex-players stop by, so it, it's always a good time there. And then, obviously, the stadium. Uh, I've got to admit, anything near the Bengals Tunnel is probably going to be your best bet. Yeah, uh, They are great for fans. They will come up, they'll give gloves, they'll sign autographs. Uh, you know, we gave Billy Price an OH. Right. And, uh, he gives us back an IO. So they're, they're really good at the fans. Well, Jeremy, uh, you've uh, we've known. I'm, I'm very lucky to have got to know you and Jess a little bit over the past couple of years. And uh, yeah, thanks, man, for all your support and all your uh, encouragement and uh, uh, all your wise words. So, um, Jeremy, thanks, thanks so much for joining us, man. It's been a delight, and hopefully, I'll get to see you um, in that tailgate soon. Absolutely, thanks for having me on. Who day? Let's keep it rolling. Cheers, Jeremy. Thanks, man. Cheers. Right, that was Jeremy Conley, uh, a.k.a. Captain Obvious. Again, I wanted to bring him in because, um, well, just to, because it's the start of the season, uh, just to give like a fan's eye view of um, of the whole tailgating experience because it is quite remarkable. Um, Nathan, you must have experienced a little bit when you were out in L.A., yeah, I mean, I've seen the Bengals on the road a couple of times, which is certainly an interesting experience. Um, like you said, I mean, the one thing, and I think you made a good point there about the whole tailgating thing. The, the first experience I ever had of tailgating was I went and saw UCLA against Stanford. So it was a college game. Yeah. And the UCLA stadium in Pasadena is on this like golf course. And genuinely, I've never seen anything even better than NFL. It was just yeah. mental, full of like the best-looking women out, you know, going, all these, like, jacked-up geezers playing, throwing the ball around. Their TV's there. Yeah. It's like you said, they've got barbecues, they've got draft beer. I honestly don't it's know. It's like nothing you've ever seen. I mean, yes, we, we brought Jeremy in um, to talk about his routine on a Sunday. They get there at, like, 9 o'clock in the morning. That's quality, isn't it? They set things up. They have buses. Unbelievable. And... I know we uh, mentioned the Bomb Squad there, which is a very famous, but there's an also a very famous uh, one, and that's um, run by Big Bengal Jim. Uh, Bengal Jim's tailgate is 
another extraordinary place. Yeah, yeah. And I have to give a shout out to Jim as well because um, he's been really supportive to us. And yeah, if yeah. you go there, he's got a big map and people kind of pin stuff on the map from where That's they quality. are in the world. Yeah, yeah. The amount of food at these tailgates is just unreal. They've got buses and it's like... How, how we've got to get out of this, haven't we? We've got to get out of it. It is, soon, you know it I mean? is crazy. So thanks to Jeremy um, for Good all his help really. and support. Yeah, he's great. And uh, he really knows his football. If you get him down talking about the Bengals, he might give you a few juicy uh, sort of insider tidbits as well. He knows a few people who know a few people. But anyway, we're into part two of episode 21 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. Um, well, we're sitting atop the AFC North for this week. Uh, everyone's in a really good mood. Now might be a good time to drop the, our uh, meet-up at the end of October. It's still going ahead. Sunday, October the 28th at the... Uh, Britain's ta- Protection Park. No, <laughs> at the Tap House in the Brewery Kitchen, which is in North London, Highbury Corner. Uh, starts at 5, finishes at 10. We've got uh, the Bengals... And Buccaneers on a massive big screen. Uh, coincidentally, I went to a birthday party in this place last week, and it's perfect for yeah, yeah. Uh, Good screening uh, a live game. So please do if you're in the vicinity. If you'll come, da- if you've come down for the Wembley game, I can't remember which one it is that day. Um, you know. Get yourself over. It's only interest a short has been good as well, hasn't it? There's yeah, been a lot of interest. Yeah. and you'll get to see Nathan. You get to see me. He's, I, have, he's charging, I want to have a beer with these people. Do he's you know charging I mean? ten pound an autograph. Well, no, I mean five for two as well. Right, right? okay. Um, but as ever, as I say, everyone's in a really good mood, and we've got loads of questions to get through. Thanks so much uh, again for that. Oh, by the way, did you see the um, a football life? No, the I've Carson seen Palmer. snippets of it. I haven't seen all of it, but it's, I've heard it's unreal. I wouldn't quite go that far. It's, I it's very revealing and interesting. Not even that far. Okay, I mean, fine. it's good. It's <laughs> like it's like my reaction. My reaction to that of a football live is you to Joe Mixon. Mm. It's good. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You know, I thought Mixon was good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it is a good watch because I kind of like Palmer and the narrative that they're trying to get at was. Um, who is the real Palmer, Carson Palmer? He didn't, never really revealed himself. No one really knows because mm. he's not this kind of big shouty quarterback. He's quite dry. Yeah, he's he is. quite wry in his humour. And I always found him quite funny in press conferences. He's quite sort of sarcastic, and I quite like that. Quite a clever guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he did go into a bit about why he left the Bengals, but it was mm. nothing revolutionary, nothing that we really knew already. Mm. In fact, the, the only new thing that, I, that he really revealed was that... Um, he was really angry with the Bengals for letting John Kittner walk. He wanted John Kittner to stay oh, as his really? backup. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and he thought they disrespected Kittner by the way they let him go. Um, but yeah, worth a watch. Um, also, another bit of news. We've got uh, four players, actually five, um, if you count Richmond Webb, but he was only with the Bengals for a year. Um, four players who have been voted, or at least nominated rather, there's a long way to go before they're voted, but nominated for the 2019 Pro Football Hall of Fame, Chad Johnson, uh, Corey Dillon, Big Willie, and who's the other one? Takeo Spikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, congrats to those guys. Not sure. I mean, I think Willie might have a good chance, but um, and Corey Dillon, I think, out of the two. Do you? Yeah, I think you're right. I, I 
think Ocho Cinco, I think he cursed it with that Jackie he wore that dance, didn't he? And stuff. Uh, I think that was against the Ravens as well. Yeah. I just feel bad for Ocho Cinco. I feel one more year. I think if he had one more productive 12 touchdown, 1,200 yards type of season, I think that might have got him there. But I just don't think he's done enough. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Great player. Sorry, I was just taking a swig of beer. Um, great player. Fantastic for the for the club. Mm. I mean, it really did kind of... Um, he, he, he was the reason, him and Carson Palmer actually at the time, I would say... He was the reason why a lot of people of that vintage, including you, yeah, agree, became Bengals yeah, fans. I completely right? agree with that. I completely agree with that. Well, it's like that. Uh, Jeremy's talking about that Italian Bengals fan in you know over yeah. in Cincinnati with all the Ocho Cinco gear on. Yeah, he's one of the most entertaining players. Period. Yeah, to have ever played the game. Absolutely. He was the first original guy that was on Twitter. Yeah, before yeah. anyone else, he was drawing up two, you know, million, three million followers on there, yeah, like really yeah, being yeah. quite different. He was honestly probably one of the very first people on there as an NFL player. Absolutely right. Get, let's get to these questions. Um, Dean Owen Jones, you might detect actually a bit of a, a theme running through these questions, and and it's kind of kind of all about the Steelers, really. But anyway, um, Dean Dean Jones at Word Sherbet. Um, Solid handle. I keep seeing tables with the Browns at the bottom. Actually, I think from the results so far, the Squealers should be at the bottom um, because you know justice. What's your take on that? I want to fully, fully enjoy this and <laughs> gloat as much as possible. Everyone's loving it, aren't they? Everyone is absolutely loving it, loving it, loving it. We've talked a lot about the Steelers, but just very quickly, Paul. Yes. Is there any chance the Steelers could be a four or five win, six win no, team this no, season? No, no, no. You don't think so. You think they will be very competitive. They'll, they'll be they'll be a ten win season. You think? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because I still. Th- I mean, Ben still so passes. They're only f- going to lose another four games. Yeah. I mean, I still think they're a good. Ten five and one. You're going. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see, I got you there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Ben, I mean, Roethlisberger. I hate what we call him Ben for. I'm not his mate. I don't want to be his mate. Um, Roethlisberger still passed for 450 yards. Mm. Um, Do you think Le'Veon Bell comes back really quickly? Um, I don't know. I think, I think, I think he's 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 burnt a lot of bridges there. Do you know what's happened with Bell? Right, this is how I'd equate it to. It's like you've had a row with your missus and you've stormed oh, out the go. house. Right, you stormed out the house and yeah. you want to come back. But you don't want to look like you don't want to come back too soon. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You don't want to look like you've you've like lost your point. Yeah. So you want to stay out for a long enough period of time to like prove a point that you're annoyed. Yeah. But you also do want to come back. So you're in that kind of limbo of like, how long do I stay out to prove that I'm angry and to prove that you're wrong, but yeah. not too long because you actually do want to get back. Do you know what I mean? <sighs> I'm not sure. Uh, you well, went on for a bit there, but um, uh, yeah, I but do it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same, mate. <laughs> well, exactly the same. No, there's no difference. No, no. So, <laughs> <laughs> and that leads us uh, very nicely on to Jamie at Trequart Beaster. Given that he's not doing much these days, when is Le'Veon Bell, or sorry, Le'Veon Bell, appearing as a guest on Cincinnati? Well, would you have Bell on if he got if he got on a blower and said, "Paul, I want to come as a guest"? Would yeah, of course I would. Who would? Yeah, yeah. Right. I'd ask him why he's absolutely obsessed with the Bengals and why he blames everything on Vontae's perfect. Levion, if you're out there, son, give us a blow. Give us a, <laughs> a blow. Like give us a tinkle. A blow. <laughs> what? Like give us a call. Give us a tinkle. Don't put that in. I'm keeping that in. 
<laughs> David Stewart at Bengal Stewart. When do you think they make John Ross part of the game plan for the O like they did in Buffalo? I'm thinking Atlanta. What do you think, Nathan? I mean, do you think Ross has been conspicuous by his absence? I, I mean, Joe Goodbury is desperately trying to play up Ross and say, you know, he's doing a lot outside of it and everything else. I just think Ross is going to be an absolute maverick enigma and he's going to come and go throughout the season. I think he's going to be the sort of player that he's going to have a game, a bit like week one, he gets a touchdown. People are like, oh, you know, this is exciting. He had that big, big gain in the preseason. But I also think there's going to be a lot of head-scratching moments. I mean, that recent game against Baltimore, he had a drop. Um, and he was very much ghosted in the past game, didn't have a lot. But I think more than likely in a game like Carolina or Atlanta, he'll have an 80-yard touchdown and people will get very, very excited, but then he'll go missing again. And I hope that, as you forget, it's, it's almost like his rookie year. He didn't really play at all last year. Yeah, he's still learning, I think. He's know. still learning. He's a first-round pick. You know, He's an exciting player, but I think we'll probably see the best out of him maybe next year or the year after. And I think this year it is going to be patchy for his performance. And I think that's fair enough because we've got a, is, a strong yeah. receiver court. I think they don't quite trust him yet, actually. I completely agree with that. Um, so I think they're just going to ease him in because you're right. Just him... I've said it before, you know, like... Just having having him on the field means that defenses has to have to have a look at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's good we for have AJ. To have a look at him, they? Yeah, you know what I mean, though. They have to kind of notice him and game plan for yeah, him yeah. just because he has got that threat. Just because of what if, you know? And that's good for AJ. That's good for Tyler Boyd. Yeah. That's good for Tyler Eifert. Dra- um, Dre Cook Patrick came out the other day in a blog. I don't know if you saw it about his top players in the AFC. Yeah, that was really interesting, was it? It was a players' tribute. Yeah, very, very interesting. And he mentioned John Ross and he saw him in practice and he said, I went up to the line and, you know, I didn't give him any respect and I wanted to see what pace he got because, you know, I'm quick. And he said, I've never seen anything like it. He was like, it was the quickest player I've ever played against. He blew past me. I just think with John Ross, if he could stay healthy, that's the other thing. If he could stay healthy, and learn. I don't doubt that he will be an important player for us. Yeah. They're two big ifs. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, we'll see. I mean, I I think I don't think he's going to be one of those, like, not yet at least, I don't think he's going to be one of those 50-catch season players. I think he's going to be 30, 40 max. Um, and he's going to, but he's going to bust it out. Like you were saying, he's going to be there at some point. Mm. And some games, he's not. Yeah, uh, but he's he's there to be, you know, he's a weapon. He is, and he's there to be used. So yeah. we'll see. We've got uh, a few questions about um, mixing in the running game. Stuart Davis at Stu Davis. Hi, Stu. How's it going, mate? If we lose mixing at some point, what options do we really have for running game? Memphis Soul Stu at Stuart Baird six eight eight. With everyone concerned at Joe Mixon being out for a few weeks, are people forgetting Geo? And is this the time we get to see John Ross get some time to shine? Now, obviously, we've just talked about John Ross, but hold on. Uh, yeah, so I think I think Gold Stewart there, Memphis Soul Stew, is absolutely. I mean, we're both big fans of Geo, and there's, absolutely, there's absolutely no reason why he can't carry the load and do it well and be really effective and hurt Carolina. I think. I mean, I've said this before on this podcast. I'm always so impressed with Giovanni Bernard's t- um, toughness. Yeah, I think that's an extremely underrated part of his game. He's got he's got speed. He's got vision. He's got elusiveness. Um, 
I think people undervalue his ability to have maybe 20, 25 touches a game. I think he can do it. Yeah. I think they will give Trey Carson four or five snap uh, touches. I think he might get a bit more, actually, because he's think? a bit more of a banger, isn't he? Yeah. I, I, I think the Bengals are a bit poor with trusting players that don't have any experience. And yeah. that's why I think they are going to be a bit reluctant for Carson and Mark Walton to come in in a big game situation and carry the ball under the lights, yeah. you know, that might be something they're a little bit dubious about. But I, I I, really think it's a really good opportunity. And I know I get a lot of stick on this podcast about, you know, being sort of, you know, cautiously optimistic about Mixon and not, you know, completely jumping on the train. I think this is Giovanni Bernard, selfishly for him, his chance to say, look, if you look at my stats in the last couple of years, you know, yards per carry, production, my blocking skills, I quite arguably should have the number one job and he's got a great opportunity to show that selfishly I mean he will want to outplay Mixon Absolutely. like any professional will and he will say right no one's challenging me this week I'm going to be there on first and ten yeah give the ball to me and I'm very excited to see how he takes this opportunity how excited eight out of ten right okay that is excited um me too I'm looking forward to seeing what Gio can do because he has done it in the past and he certainly can do it again so in a funny way, as good as Mixon's been these last two games, I didn't panic when he went down because no. they, they paid Gio. You know, they signed him up. Um, I mean, Trey Carson was running hard in the preseason. No mm. doubt he'll give it a right old go this week as well. Mark Walton, you know, was... I mean, I, I didn't He'd think be he disappointed in the preseason. He was, he? but now is his chance yeah, to get a few agree. touches and see what he can do. So I wasn't sort of... I mean, it's a shame for the lad himself, but I wasn't... <laughs> you sound like a football manager. It's a shame for the lad. I was a shame for the lad, but, you know, <laughs> well, you know, you know, at the end of the day, Brian, it's uh, it's not a devastating injury. No, I wasn't devastated about Mixon's injury. I was like, okay, yeah, this thing happens, and we're... It's not hopefully too long as well. We're good. We're yeah. good. If AJ gets in, injured, you're like, yes. ooh, hello, Absolutely. that's trouble. Yeah, trouble. completely agree. But I think with Mixon going down, it's like, look, we've got Geo. So, yeah. Do you know a great stat came out the other day? And this this alludes to my Joe Mixon point. Someone was comparing Alex Collins from the Ravens, who I thought looked really good against oh, he's us. He's a shifty sod, Yeah, and he's he? a big geezer as well. Like, he's a right brick house. He, he, he's a, I mean, he's a wardrobe that can run. Yeah, I mean, they compared him in the broadcast to Marion Barber, which I thought was a bit of a stretch. Mario Bellatelli. <laughs> but yeah, he looked he looked really he looked really good and But they, we contained they, him though. Yeah, we did. But I mean they said on the broadcast, like they not on the broadcast, they said on Twitter, um, they looked at the stats between Mixon and Alex Collins through their first, you know, season and then two games, and Collins easily outperforming Mixon. Yeah. And no one's talking about someone like him. No, so he's a bit under the radar, isn't he? Yeah, he really is. And I, I think, you know, I, I'm just very, I'm very excited to see what Geo can put up against the Panthers, yeah. mate. John Falco, I think it's the first time, another first time uh, tweeter. So John, like Joe Flacco, didn't he? It's Joe Flacco. Maybe just... it is. Uh, John Falco at John Falco Coach. Ooh, I like that solid Ooh, handle, isn't that it? That is a solid. Put the coach on the end of just, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's either a fan of buses or he is actually a coach. In the, who knows? <laughs> Here we go. Um, can we get a shout out to Frank Pollack? How good was the O line against the Ravens? Even when Price got injured, he's done a masterful job with them. Do you think we can go on the road and beat the Panthers and or Falcons? I mean... Good point. It's a good point. And I think, you know, fair play to uh, 
um, Pollack. I was excited about his hire. I thought he would hopefully, you know, transform the line or at least go some way into transforming the line. I mean, as we mentioned earlier, it's far from being transformed, but yeah. it, I mean, it has looked better than expected. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, um, um, do you think we can go on the road and beat the Panthers and or Falcons? We'll wait to the end to tell you that. Chris Hood at Hooday CP. Hello, Chris. Um, with the Squealers now sitting bottom of the AFC North in part thanks to their tie with the Browns rather than getting an easy win as in previous seasons, how do you feel now about the question I asked a few podcasts back? That a less weak Browns is good for the Bengals. You mean well, a stronger Browns, basically. Um, less weak is stronger, right? Yeah. Um well, as long as we beat the Browns ourselves, then it's a it's really good for us. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. It's a good point. I I, I think we said in our answers we partly agree, didn't we? I think. Yes, I can't remember. <laughs> no, I. The thing is, he's right. It's a very good point because, like Paul said, if the Browns are good, fine. But we've obviously got to beat them, and you know, in the past. You know, the, the Browns were just two wins for Pittsburgh, two wins for Baltimore. Mm. And I think if they start disrupting the AFC North, they start disrupting some of the teams in the AFC, it certainly is good for us. It's never good to just see a team absolutely flop and go 0-16, oh, no. And, and you know 15. what? I felt really bad for the kicker of the Browns. I mean, oh, I, know that's, I, mean that, I know that's his job and it's all very ruthless, but... You've got to feel for them, haven't you? Oh, really? 100%. I mean, that's, a, that's his job over, basically. In the yeah, well, they've signed a new kicker this morning. Oh, they have. Yeah, Who was yeah. it? Um, was it Cairo Santos? No, it, it wasn't Dan Bailey. Santos. No. So you just got to pick da- Bailey. I, I don't know. How, I mean, right? I, yeah, I was talking to my friend today about it, and we were just saying, how would you not? I mean, it's a guy, honestly, I think I'd have heard his name, but he certainly wasn't a veteran. Right, the Browns doing more Browns things by the sounds of it. Um, I think. Uh, what do you do, really Minnesota. quickly? Go what do you think about the Browns? I think they're a good team. There is a good team in there. There mm. is. There is. Well, they've played two very good teams and should probably argue we should have beaten both of them. Yeah, I mean, they were leading against the Saints right up until like the last well, couple of minutes. Well, they were leading, yeah. And, they were, and then they, they marched down the they field. They were two and, scores and ahead in they, the fourth quarter. I mean, I still think they're going to be like a five, six win team this year. Mm. And then I think next year, look out. Yeah, oh, I wouldn't say look out. I'm I don't think they're gonna win it. Jackson's going to hold on to his job much longer. I, I, if they don't get to like say eight and eight or at least nine and seven, maybe sorry, uh, seven and nine. I think he's gone. Mm. It's difficult, isn't it? Because I mean, you know, I mean, you can sit there and say, well, you know, if you had Justin Tucker, you know, there'd be two and zero, or you know, if Gonzalez nails him, you're two. Thing is. Every coach is responsible for players' performance on the team, be it the kicker, be it your quarterback. Yeah. So you you have to say, look, from a motivational standpoint and everything else, it is the coach's responsibility to put those players mentally and physically in a place to win a game, and they're not there. So it's, it's easy to say, oh, Zane Gonzalez. But if Tyrod Taylor, on that fourth and five, when the game was almost over, throws a dreadful interception... Yeah. It's he's just he's as much Jackson's fault as the kick, arguably. Well, so I, I, I think you know Gonzalez gets the you know all the all the shit for it, and he probably should. But I still think with Hugh Jackson, I've said this on this podcast so many times, you can't win one game in about thirty-seven and keep your job. No, I, I just don't think you can. No, as much as I like Hugh, anyway. Richard Dixon at Lord Rixendale. Solid handle. 
Uh, with Mixon out for a while, Geo is going to get a lot of work. However, how much work do you envisage Carson and Walton getting? A bruiser like Carson could be very useful against the tough Panthers D-line. We've kind of talked about that, really. Mm. But, I mean, I think... I think uh, Carson will get at least 10 touches, I think. 10 touches? Yeah, for sure. Why not? I guarantee you he gets less. All right. How much do you want to bet on it? Uh, you, all right, the beers on the next podcast on t- Carson getting 10 touches, all right. rushing and receiving. Yep. Deal. All right, yep. everyone's heard it. Who day at... Hold on. Uh, <laughs> no, right. Uh, at Flick... Hello, who day, everybody? Yes. Um, Flicks King, at Flicks King. Extended Sorry, time off. It's good for Mixon and Price. Can we survive Carolina without them? Hopefully the defence can contain Cam enough to get us through. We'll talk about that very... Uh, Scott Gibb, at Scott Gibb 1. Um, would you... Be, hello, Scott. Would you be a? Would you be happy for us taking Josh Gordon? Abs- I, I usually am always like one of those bandwagons, sort of like, yeah, let's get everyone in. Absolutely wouldn't touch him. Yeah, I... A wild earth, would you? Well, Jimmy, um, who came on a few episodes ago, he's a big fan of of, of Gordon, and he thinks we should should have gone we, for him. Uh, I don't know, man. Do I, I, once upon a time, I think we probably would have gone for him. I don't know. The po- why would you bring that circus to town? Well, exactly. I, I, that's exactly right. I think they're a bit past that now. Um, I think you can probably do a good job for someone. I think he's going to end up in Dallas or somewhere like that. That will be a circus, to be honest. But I think what I I would like from Josh Gordon, I think he needs proper treatment Mm. Um, before he goes back into the NFL, where he's undoubtedly a a huge talent. He's got to get his head sorted. Yeah, I mean, completely. And I I mean, you also look at Josh Gordon and... He hasn't put up a productive season in the NFL yeah. for about four or five years. Yeah. And I mean, certainly for the Bengals, or for another team, if you're a really receiver-needy team, or we lost AJ Green, maybe I can see the argument for it. But certainly at the moment, when we've got obviously an uncontested number one in AJ Green, you've got a very exciting emerging Tyler Boyd as you're probably number two. And then you've got a very exciting emerging John Ross as your number three. I certainly don't want to hinder one of those two's development for a player that's going to come in, is going to cause a huge media circus. Yeah. And either one of those guys, Boyd or Ross, if you bring a Gordon in, is going to be pissed off. Yeah. They're no, going to be saying, like, why are you... Because one of them's getting virtually no snaps. Yeah. You're going to have to cut someone like an Alden Tate or a Josh Malone to yeah. keep him on the roster. So, to me, it's absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, I tend to agree with you on this one. Um Sorry, Josh, but you know, as I say, I just want him to get his head sorted because you know, I, you know, what is it with him though? Is it because is it, I know obviously it's I think marijuana for a long time. I think there's substance abuse, and I think there's some mental illness going on as well. Uh, I'm not sure what, but you know, a uh, good look to him though. He's a great player, yeah. you know. Uh, Stephen McNish at McNish eighty six. Solid handle. How happy is everyone? We have a reliable kicker and Duncan Yeadon at Slam Dunk the Funk. Is Cedric a boy any good at kicking a football? Just asking for my friend Hugh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It tends to... I know you've had issues with uh, Randy Bullock, but... Randall Bullock. Randall Bullock. um, Randall Bullock. (laughs) um, He's been pretty solid. Do you know, this went well under the radar as well. Did you see he proposed to his missus at Paul Brown's That's right, yeah. Yeah. That's quite a nice touch, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very nice. 
I tell you though, I mean, and I have to, I have to take my. What do you call it when you tip your hat? To duff people? your cap. Duff my cap to Randy Bullock. Yeah, I have to duff my cap to Bullock because we have not put him in positions to be complete. I mean, there's a, a couple of kicks he's made that have been pressure situations. Yeah, but when the real pressure's on, we and we're in the playoffs. See. And it's you know it's you know he's needs to kick us a game winner and it's you know we're you know six and two and it's massive game against the Steelers. That is where I want to see him. I also think with Bullock, he not only has never been put under pressure, he's not got a big leg. No, the Bengals had a situation. I can't remember which game it was, the first one or the second one, where they could have attempted a fifty. I think it's fifty-three or four-yard field goal, and they punted. Yeah, and I, that's the situation where if you've got a Tucker or you've got someone with even a slightly longer leg than that, Jake Elliott, perhaps. Yeah, well, you can roll them on and you can take a chance on that. And I yeah. just, I, I don't. He's, you can't knock the geezer. You can't. It's no. impossible for me to sit here and say, well, he's not good enough. Statistically, he's been really good. Absolutely. Yeah. And you look at you know these rookie kickers that people are rolling out. Jake Elliott had a miss at the weekend, straight off the post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and statistically, you know, people are rolling out percentages. Well, you know, Bullock's been more accurate than Elliott. Jake Elliott's making kicks that completely don't look good on a statue at 61 yards to win games. Yeah. Whereas Randy Bullock's playing for a seven-win team, which were nowhere near contention, pushing them through from 35, 36, 25. So that's going to be an interesting development. And like I said, I duffed my cap to Bullock. Yeah. He's, He's definitely done well. Yeah. I just feel that he is an average kicker performing well. Yeah. Or maybe even below average kicker performing well. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what we've got in him later down the year. Well, you know, long may his uh, solidity continue. Um, old Randall Bullock. Um, Randall Bullock. Um, Michael Smith, the final question you'll be very thankful to know. We're overrunning a bit tonight, but I hope, so I hope you don't mind. Uh, Michael Smith at Solid. Michael's changed his uh, Twitter handle to <laughs> solid underscore handle. Well, there's got to be he a copyright was, on there, isn't there? He's, you've missed out, mate. There's got to be a copyright He's in there. expecting you to want to buy him, buy that uh, <laughs> that, that solid handle I out. can still go to Company's House and trademark it. Well, you better get there because I think Mike's... Uh, some, who's got solid handle itself? I don't know. He's have to put a hashtag an underscore in there. That's right. Uh, Mike Smith uh, was at Bengal Mike or something like that. I would have got Bengal Mike. <laughs> now he's. So what, you're going to change yours to Bengal Mike, even though your name's Nathan. Right. Um, a non Bengals question this week. Which provincial English town, I'd, I'd extend that out to British town or city, would you recommend a visitor from a non NATO country to visit? <laughs> non NATO country. I, I went to university in Canterbury, and I'd probably say there. I love that place. I would say anywhere that's got a Laser Quest <laughs> or uh, a branch of Greg's that sells pies, I think. that That's pretty much every, every <laughs> laser town. Laser Quest? Have you never been to Laser Quest? No, I have, but what on earth relevance has that it's got? It's one of the best things ever. Is it? I hate war. I'm a pacifist. But when you go into a Laser Quest, oh Do my like God. paintball? No, I've never done it. I don't think I would. Laser Quest is a bit more futuristic, isn't it? And you've got, like, mm. music and stuff. You can hide in the dark and go... If, <laughs> if anyone just, like... You know, sometimes you go and say you just push it forward to, like, that part of the podcast or the song. If they pushed it forward to you talk about Laser Quest, I think it'd be one of those immediate drop-offs. I think... I think actually, <laughs> we'd probably get more subscribers. I think there's room in the, in the, uh, in the podcast firmament 
For, for what? Hang on, <laughs> you've left that late this week. What on earth does firmament mean? It doesn't matter. Well, you've got to tell me. I need to be it, educated. It means like, you know, in the in the mix, basically, this whole kind of whirling firmament. mix, the cauldron, the podra, the podcast cauldron. Firmament. Out, right? That's an absurd It actually means kind of heavens or sky, but it doesn't really matter. Mm. Um, there's room for a laser quest. Like, you know, like the Alan Partridge thing, like cooking with Chris Eubank or youth hostling with Chaz and Dave and all that. <laughs> I think Laser Quest with Paul would be an amazing podcast. We, well, it'd certainly be... Or a TV following. We need to make I a list of all these one. words you've been using. Because I need to, I need to try and incorporate them into There is already a list. Is there? It's called a dictionary. Oh, hey? Hey. <laughs> Me and Paul are going to come to blows at the end I know, of this podcast. I know, we're going to try and suplex each other now. But <laughs> All right, let's real quick. Again, we... we Oh my god, we really have overrun tonight. Um, quickly, the Carolina game. What are you saying? I think we did. We both no. You you tipped uh, a home win for the Panthers, didn't you? And I think I thought they might. The mm. Bengals might do the Panthers actually, but it's one of those, isn't it? It's I reckon really the odds are going to be very tight. I think I think the Bengals probably on paper a little bit. The Carolina got a lot of injuries. Yeah, they've lost a couple Two of tackles. Ta- Greg Olson, yeah, yeah. who I've got on fantasy, is out. <laughs> of, yeah, I um, hate that one. That I've got Aaron Rodgers as well. He's just oh. an absolute cripple. But um, I've got yeah Olson, and I think he's a massive loss for them. Mm. I mean, they've literally wide receiver. They've got Devin Funchess and Tory Smith, who yeah. are, are hardly well. Got Tory Smith. Yeah, I mean, he's been around the block a few times. I really fancy William Jackson and, you know, even Drake Kirkpatrick. DJ Moore's pretty good, that rookie receiver, though. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they'll be an interesting They're a matchup, decent team. But their, their defence is certainly where the strength lies. I have to say, I, I've never been a fan of Cam Newton. Never. Um, like, in terms of performance or personally? Personally. Yeah. And that, you know, I think he's been hot and cold performance-wise. Um but when they played the Bengals at PBS, what must have been four years ago, we should have had that game nailed. We were the better team. And Cam Newton earned my respect that day because he basically picked that team up and he did it himself. It yeah, was yeah. pretty much, I know that's not the case, but it felt like it was pretty much Cam Newton dragging that team by his, you know, by his fingernails into that game and it was uh, full respect for him. So he's always, you never quite know what you're going to get with him, but he's capable. He's capable. So, I mean, I think we've got a chance to win. If the Bengals go in there, turn them over on the road, you're three and oh, you've beaten two, well, a division, that's uh, two AFC teams, one, a division rival, two road games. Yeah. That is a seriously, seriously good start. I we yeah. we really like if we better can go there and do that. Oh, far better than we yeah. could have ever imagined. Okay, well here's hoping. Let's just bask in this two and zero undefeated state for a little while. <laughs> state. Let's 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 just you know because it might end on Sunday, but then again it might not. We'll we'll see. Uh, one thing is for certain: me and Nathan will be back uh, for episode twenty-two. We're trying to figure out when we can do it. We, we might even do it Sunday night. Yeah, we can do it like straight afterwards. Um, so until then, uh, I'm going to leave you with a song, and it goes out to all the people that stayed up on Thursday night throughout the night. I certainly couldn't do it. Um, I can't do it full stop anymore. But uh, a lot of people, a lot of you out there, did so. Full respect, fair play to you all who had to endure kind of like really kind of sleepy long Fridays at work. Um, this song's for you uh, but in the meantime it's a who day for me who day for me cheers guys and we'll see you next week 
And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.